isolating quarantine. So my question is, how long did it take for the police to show up at his house? Since it went off? Yes. Half an hour? All right, let's have a look at the answer. Oh. 50 minutes. And you can see down there, he says, my phone, which is satellite tracked by the Taiwan government to enforce quarantine, ran out of batteries at 7.30 a.m. By 8.15, four different units called me. By 8.20, the police were knocking at my door. Yeah, I think I saw that story. Yeah. It was a little bit longer than I remembered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was still really quick. It is very quick. I mean, of course, it also depends on how close the police are. Uh, and, of course, they're very busy. They've got a lot going on. They're on top of it, man. But they're on top You don't want to, like, you know, break quarantine in Taiwan. Yes. You'll get fined a million dollars. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I do want to say that there have been some concerns about how the government is tracking people by their phones. Now, a government spokesperson has responded to this saying that it is legal and it is a necessary measure in a time of pandemic. And they will only do it for this period of the pandemic. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Andrew. And that is our Taiwan by number for the week. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? When the Mortuary Services Office of Taichung set up a new website a little over a year ago, they didn't think it would attract quite as much attention as it has. Their goal was simple, and when you think about it, sweet. To give the friends and family of those buried in the city limits a way to remember their loved ones online when they can't come to visit the gravesite in person. There was only a modest response at first, but then came coronavirus and social distancing. This year, just ahead of a major holiday honoring the dead, Taiwan finds itself in an unexpected situation, with at least some people looking for a way to remember those who've passed without having to congregate with others at their tombs. Suddenly, a quiet little corner of the internet meant for private memorials has found itself in the news. And this website isn't alone. As we'll find out today, Taichung is just one of the cities that provides this option of virtual memorials to the masses. With me to discuss the trend of cyber remembrance is Lin Zuan of the Taichung Mortuary Services Office. First, a word about burials in Taiwan. These days, there's a growing number of people who elect to be buried in new ways. Tree burials, or burials at sea, for instance. But besides those who opt to be interred in a family vault, the most common option remains the columbarium. A columbarium is a tower, often in a municipal graveyard, that's filled with tiny little niches, each one containing the ashes of a different person. The website's developers sent a cameraman around to film at each of the 30-odd municipal columbaria in Taichung. They also sent them to shoot some footage along a stretch of sea and at a site filled with trees. Since tree burials usually aren't marked, and since burials at sea can't be, these last two bits of footage are generic. To pay your virtual respects at one of the columbaria, you have to join the website and get a password. And since I don't know anyone buried in Taichung, I only got to take a look at the password-free films, the ones for remembering people buried under trees or out at sea. Since you had to provide a name, I just entered the letter A. I wasn't expecting to be quite as affected as I was. For instance, at the end of the tree burial film, when the person behind the camera lays down a bouquet on some roots, I actually felt sad about the loss of A, a person I'd only just made up. In short, these films are well done. We 
The idea behind this website was to let anyone, wherever they are in the world, remember loved ones buried in Taichung, even if they can't visit the burial site in person. With the website, they could come visit their loved ones, at least in spirit, as often as they liked, whenever they felt the need to. It's supposed to be a healing thing. Since Taichung, like the rest of Taiwan, is a pretty diverse place, there are different versions of many pieces of footage, allowing people of different backgrounds and beliefs to use the service comfortably. For instance, if you go to leave your respects at a columbarium, you'll see a drop-down menu where you can choose your religion. Most people in Taiwan today practice a mix of Buddhism and folk Taoism, and those who choose this option will first see a statue of Tu Di Gong, a god of the earth and logical guardian of those buried within it. Then there's footage of a statue of the Bodhisattva Di Zhang Wang, a Buddhist figure associated with death and the underworld. So far, the other options available are Catholic, Protestant, and other. The Catholic and Protestant choices will send you skipping over the statues of the gods and show instead footage of a cross hanging on a wall. When choosing a columbarium to go see, you'll also find another drop-down menu that reads meat-based or vegetarian. That is a confusing choice until you realize what this menu is about is offerings. It's customary to leave offerings for departed ancestors. These offerings include food, which people who've gone to pay their respects may share among themselves once the ancestors have figuratively had their fill. A traditional standard offering might include three types of meat, chicken, pork, and fish. But there are those whose ancestors are Buddhist vegetarians, and of course those who are vegetarian themselves. If you choose the vegetarian option, the person behind the camera in the footage will leave offerings that don't contain meat on your behalf instead. Meanwhile, the viewer is free to light some incense and leave some offerings of their own in front of their computer screen. The website so far is pretty simple, but it was a long time in the making. When the idea was first proposed, the city's mortuary services office itself was still fairly new, having just recently brought together a variety of graveyards, funeral homes, and related government offices. The idea came about in 2016 and was finally brought online, once the budget for it came, in late January last year. So far, reactions have been a bit mixed. On the one hand, there's been talk for a number of years about the need to cut back on practices like burning paper offerings for the dead, a source of pollution and a fire hazard. At the same time, though, there are still many traditional-minded people who've pushed back, saying they feel it's important to pay respects in person with real offerings. The virtual ceremonies on the website can actually be quite personal, with people paying their respects, invited to leave messages, and even upload pictures of the people they're remembering. But of course, the traditionalist view is very understandable, and those who feel it's important to go in person will probably never be won over. Anyway, there have been different responses. But the website itself was launched with little fanfare, and so any reaction has been pretty muted. After all, during the whole of 2019, only around 100 people used the site at all. But then came COVID-19, 
In the months since the pandemic started, Taiwan has come closer and closer to the tomb sweeping festival. 对国人来说是一个慎重追远的一个追思自己往生。This is one of the major observances of the year, the annual time for visiting the graves of ancestors and tidying them up. For a lot of people, it's important to do this annual cleanup properly and leave offerings. They see this as a family duty, but also an occasion to remember those who have passed, and ideally, a time for reinforcing family bonds among the living. What are people supposed to do this year, though? Since the festival can see lots of traffic on the roads, there has been a trend in the past few years of people going early or later, trying to beat the crowds. But some have looked for other answers too, and the COVID-19 outbreak, plus a few well-timed media reports, have seen the number of visitors to the site jump in recent weeks. It's not a spectacular jump, but 300 views in the first half of March alone isn't bad, given how slow things were all through 2019. 从今年度的推广，发现大家对于它的询问度很高。And the calls from reporters, it seems, keep coming. I was told there were others in line waiting for interviews all through the same day that I called. So which is it? A new way of paying respects without having to travel or leave offerings, or a sacrilege, neglectful and disrespectful at best? The Taichung Mortuary Services Office is certainly not trying to tell people what they should think or do, one way or the other. They simply want to give people an alternative, a different way of grieving and remembering through the tomb sweeping festival, but also through the rest of the year. And it seems that Taichung is not the only city in Taiwan to have thought of this. 以前各大县市都有类似的系统，比如说台北市、新北市、台南、高雄各乡镇是公所。Mr. Lin says that to his knowledge, other Taiwanese cities like Taipei, New Taipei, Tainan, and Kaohsiung, plus a few smaller towns, have put up similar websites of their own. And while using websites like these may not become a long-term trend, 2020 at least looks like it might be a busy year, as people are told to avoid crowding in cemeteries, and the ceremonies of some truly big clans have been cancelled altogether. People are getting used to other forms of online memorial, like memorial Facebook pages, and so maybe COVID-19 will get people at least a bit more comfortable with the idea of digital remembrance. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. The sound of the Amis tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Stroke of Light, a portrait of Taiwan through the eyes of painters, sculptors, filmmakers, and photographers. Hello and welcome to Stroke of Light. I'm Jake Chen. This week we'll wrap up our coverage of Melody Wang's photo exhibition called "Take Me Somewhere Nice." The photos in the exhibit are all projected onto the screen at very large scales. I looked at some of the photos in last week's episode, and some of them, at least at first glance, appear to be very impressive landscape photos. But I can't help but think that they look rather conventional and 
as someone who has seen the artist's previous work, I know there has to be more than that. When I walk deeper into the exhibition hall, the landscape begins to change. In her other photo projections, she adds surreal elements to images of landscapes captured in the real world. In one photo, we see a giant slab of blue rectangle that is erected in the field. This rectangular object appears translucent, and from the scale of things, it has to measure at least several hundred meters wide, and its height is even more impressive. And the slab itself also serves as a photographic medium, as it frames a photo of three blocks that loosely form the shape of a triangle on a flat concrete surface. Clearly, an object of this size is almost impossible to be fabricated or placed in the middle of a field, and the object is clearly added onto the background photo in post-production. In the introductory literature of her exhibit, Ms. Melody Wong harkens back to a distinct piece of memory that affects her worldview to this very day. She says in her writing that she once went out to the beach with her parents, and she walks out to the beach to play with the sand as her parents sit on a bench behind her. When she turns back at a moment, she suddenly finds that her parents. The bench they sit on, and everything else is no longer there. It was a brief moment, one that she calls the fissure of life. It was a moment when things seem so impossibly disconnected that it makes you question reality. To put it in a simpler and more relatable terms, to her, it felt like a glitch in the matrix. That incident in her life makes her question reality, or rather, the perception of reality, to this very day. She says that modern digital media often reconstructs and reproduces visual elements that convey experiences similar to what she had—the feeling of a disjointed reality. But the difference is, what appeared as an individual piece of memory has become a general trend that is consumed and more or less accepted by the masses. What she has constructed are not so much photographs; they're not conventional photos that are captured. Her images are conceived from her mind, and it is then constructed digitally. And as a result, the images aren't representations of what is out there in the real world, but rather her perception of that indescribable realm—the realm that blurs the boundary between reality and memory. Covering Miss Melody Wong's photography once again after more than four years has a special significance to this show and to myself. Like I said last week. She was the very first artist who agreed to be interviewed, and thus it is only fitting to conclude the show with her work. Stroke of Light has been running since January 2016, and it is time to say goodbye as I wrap up my time here at the radio station. I can honestly say that producing this show. Which consists of interviewing artists, writing critiques, and along the way, really appreciating their thoughts and feelings and ingenuity, 
has been the most rewarding experience during all the ups and downs. And lastly, I want to thank all of you who have been listening. It has been a heck of a lot more fun for me to make the show, knowing that you are out there and waiting each and every week. So, without further ado, the curtain comes down, and I bid you goodbye. Thank you for one final time for listening to Stroke of Light. I'm Jake Chen. Together already. It's time to feast. Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Welcome to the feast. This is Ellen Chu and this is Andrew Ryan. How are you? I am doing very good. How okay. are you? I'm good. I'm looking forward to listening to today's show because you mentioned that you're going to talk about some man characters. That's right. This is the Manly Man Show.、Mm-hmm. So I want to start off by asking what What do you think are the stereotypes a lot of people have about men? Strong, tough,、mm-hmm. don't cry,、mm-hmm. and.、Um, Love to eat meat. Yes, that's and, a big one. And、uh, love to drink alcohol. Yes. And always a critic in food, but never really move their hand <laughs> to make it. To make it. <laughs> It's interesting, right? You, you, when you think about cooking, a lot of big chefs, like famous people, are、They're、men. men. But, like, if you look at everyday cooking, like, who's actually making food for the kids? The woman. Yeah. <laughs>、oh. And I know a lot of the chefs、mm. do not cook at home, they only cook at work. Yes. It's very interesting, right? Interesting, huh? Wow. So, we're, we're also going to be talking about some other things、uh, in today's show that are connected with men.、Mm-hmm. Another thing is, is that men are rough and sweaty and dirty. Dirty, I agree. <laughs> so, what do you agree with? Sloppy. You, of all the things you mentioned, how many of those things do you think are true? Rough, sweaty, yes. Dirty. Dirty. <laughs> I would say nowadays it's getting better, but you know, I think, yeah, when they're boys, they're always dirty. And so, you have a daughter and a son. How do they compare? Do you think Ryan is dirtier than Rihanna? Outside, Ryan is dirtier than Rihanna, but at home, <laughs> Rihanna is more dirty than Ryan. Whoa, spilling the tea there, Ellen. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's fascinating. It's fascinating, right? What about like washing hands? Because this is coronavirus season, so like there's a big focus on why you should wash your hands to stop the spread. Ryan of washes his hand like thoroughly, Rihanna、mm-hmm. just kind of like rinse it. 
and walk away. Just it? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I would have to grab her and go back and wash her hand thoroughly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I love talking about stereotypes about men. Um, I, I think part of the reason I love it is because I, I often don't stack up. Like, I don't match up to these stereotypes. Like, I I think I'm pretty strong. Do you cry? I yes. Eat meat. I definitely cry. Uh, <laughs> although, not as I cry more at movies than anything else. They don't drink soil milk. Soy milk. So, this is one of the other things I want to be talking about in today's show. Apparently, there's this theme going around, this meme that real men don't drink soy milk. And so... That's not true. It is not true. Definitely in Taiwan, it's there's no gender-based assumption because about that. everybody heard doujiang. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, soy milk uh, that we're going to be introducing in today's show. Mm. So this whole show today uh, is going to be testing our perceptions of what it means to be a manly man. Mm. And if you're lucky, maybe I'll shed some man tears by the end of today's show. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I have no plans to do that. It would be very, very <laughs> rare to have this man tear. I don't know. Have I cried? I've, I've definitely cried during a Feast Me to Us. I think you did. I got emotional once. Yes. I don't remember for what. But I did. Last year, maybe. I think last year. Yeah. So touched about something. All right. So shall we check out what's on our menu today? Okay. Let's do it. In our first course, we'll tell you the surprising statistic about men and women's hand-washing habits. That's right. And give you tips on how to scrub properly. So, so, so. In our second course, we're going to look at a food that some people say is not very manly, soy milk. And we're going to tell you how that stereotype came about, and we're going to blast it by drinking some. Okay. And in our third and final course, we'll be sampling some soil milk right here on air. <laughs> Did you say soil milk? Soy milk. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't want any soil in my milk, okay? Okay. So, first of all, I want to introduce a song. Now, because we're going to be talking about hand washing today, we're going to offer you four songs to wash your hands to. Now, the first of them, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. She recently recorded a viral video of herself washing her hands to this hit 1978 song. Okay, but in Taiwan, you know, all the schools are teaching children to sing happy birthday twice. Twice, once in Chinese, once in English, right? Right. (laughs) Well, I think that's a great idea, and we're going to have three other suggestions following this song okay. so you can time your hand washing.
first course. When was the last time you washed your hands, Ellen Cho? How many minutes ago? Just before I came here. I just used some alcohol spray to wash my hands like a minute ago. Oh, you know, <laughs> now everywhere you enter, everywhere you go, you're like sanitizing the whole time. Do you find your hands very dry? I do. I do find my hands get very yes, dry. Yes, and like my husband, he's getting like insane trying to spray his alcohol hand, you know, like, yeah. like over and over again. It's like he walk in this door, he will spray it. If he sees another bottle, he'll spray it again. I'm just like... That is like three seconds. And he's like, I'd rather, you know, crack my hand than die. Spray early, spray often. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, there's something to be said for that. I think the most important thing is if you're going to use the bathroom, if you're going to eat something, if you're going to touch your face, you must wash before and after. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some hand washing habits. Uh, This is interesting because hand-washing is connected, of course, to the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Uh, In late January, the New England Journal of Medicine found that um, the coronavirus affects more men than women. uh, And they're saying that there's a good possibility is, first of all, because men smoke at higher rates and coronavirus affects your lungs. But the other thing was that men don't wash their hands as much and as thoroughly as women do. Uh, Mm. So we have another study. Actually, there were tons of studies. I found tons of studies. In every study that I looked at, men wash their hands less than women. Gross, right? Yucky. So I want to tell you about this one. This is from 2013 Michigan State University. They looked at 4,000 people in restrooms around the uh, East Lansing, Michigan area, which is where the university is. And they found that women wash their hands significantly more often, use soap more often, and wash their hands for longer than men do. Hmm. Look at this. The study found 14.6% of men did not wash their hands at all. Ew. Ew! So don't shake hands, okay? With men. <laughs> Especially with men. Or, or with anyone now, right? Yes. Social distancing, right? Uh, 35.1% wet their hands but didn't use soap. Ew! Ew. <laughs> Compared to, for women, 7.1% didn't wash their hands. See, there's gross women out there. Well, like, you know, Rihanna. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> and also 15.1% of women wet their hands but did not use soap. Yuck, yuck, yuck. So how do you wash your hands properly? Do you have a, Do you have any suggestions, Ellen? Well, you know, it's just not washing the surface. You have to go between your fingers. Get and the digits. And also, you know, your, your tip of your finger mm-hmm. where you press a lot of buttons. You know, you play with your phone. Mm-hmm. And basically, you have to go around. Get your and, wrists. Right. First, wet your hand. Mm-hmm. Add some soap. And then lather it, and then rinse it, and then do it again. That's so good. And how long should you do it for, Ellen Chu? 20 seconds. That's right. Mm -hmm. I want to play you a little clip. Um, This is a report that uh, we did in our news here at RTI, and we featured it in Taiwan Insider, in which a local gynecologist actually created a dance to a Korean hip-hop song showing you how to wash your hands. Let's do it. Have a listen. (laughs) 
This is Korean pop star Zico and his hit, Any Song. A lot of people have been dancing along with it, and now a doctor in Taiwan has joined in to promote the seven steps to washing your hands. You start off by washing your palms, then the back of your hands, then interlace your fingers, clasp your hands, wash around your thumbs, wash your fingertips in your palms, and don't forget your wrists. This is the doctor in the video, Dr. Zhang Ji Chang. I try to find a light-hearted way to teach it. He says washing your hands is key, and he wants to show people how. Did you know that the flu, the stomach flu, and all types of pneumonia can be avoided by washing your hands? And I like to listen to music. Dr. Zhang loves listening to hip-hop, and he hopes this infectious beat can help the steps to proper hand washing catch on too. All right, so now that you know how to wash your hands properly, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to be playing some more music that you can wash your hands to. I put out the question on Facebook and asked people to suggest some songs for washing hands. You you get replies? I did. This one is from Zhen Zhiwei and Zen Max. It's Jian Ge, or the health song by Fan Xiaoxuan mm. and Yang Junrong. So have a listen to this uh, song about being healthy and uh, wash your hands while you're doing it. Let's do it. You're listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. All right, we're back now on Feast Meets West, and we're talking about manly man things. Okay. Real men wash their hands. That's what we learned in our first course. Okay. In our second course, we're going to learn that real men drink soy milk. I think men can drink soy milk because, you know, I see a lot of people who's working out nowadays drink soy milk. That's right. And they are manly men. Masculine. The real thing is, is that it became an offensive term on right-wing online communities like 4chan. And it describes men who they think are not masculine. Um, this goes back to like roughly ni- uh, 2017. And the reason they say this is because they think that phytoestrogens in soybeans have led people to conclude that soy products feminize the men who eat them and like cause things like gynecomastia or like enlargement of the breasts. Are you serious? 
Well, turns out that there's no research to prove this. In fact, the Chicago Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics found that consuming six servings of soy a day does not affect levels of testosterone or estrogen in men. I just think that it's a confident thing, you know. It's it's those inconfident people, you know, feel that this is going to take away their, you know, testosterone. Yeah, I think it's it's people who, well, you know, in general, people who call people names, mm-hmm. they actually have some issues the themselves. The bullies. Yes, the bullies. The bullies. Yes. The bullions. Yeah, the bullion cubes. Mm-hmm. So that's why they started calling people soy boy. I think it's also connected to the fact that, like, a lot of these um, fake meat burgers, oh. like artificial meat burgers, like Beyond or, or like, kind of, what are the other ones? Impossible. Right. Those burgers, a lot of them actually contain soy okay. instead of meat. And so all these, like, red-blooded, like... Meat eaters. Meat eaters. They look down on people who are vegetarian or would eat, like, soy instead of meat. Oh, so have you ever got like looking down by these people? Never, right? The odd thing is, Ellen, you, I'm not a big fan of soy milk. So I don't really? Eat a lot of it. <laughs> I definitely love to eat tofu or okay. soy products, but soy milk itself, mm, not really. Yeah. For me, you know, adding soy milk and coffee, I don't get it. It gives it a kind of an earthy taste, right? I don't like it. There's something weird going on with that. Right. Yeah. That I can, combination I cannot take. It's just like, you know, recently they're adding like wheat and oats in there. Mm, yeah. It's not something I like either. Wheat milk, oat milk. No. I just don't think it tastes like the coffee Buck that I'm wheat. using. <laughs> Oh my goodness! When was the last time we had buckwheat? Yeah. Do you remember that time in the show? Yeah. We went crazy. We were crazy with the buckwheat. All right. So uh, at any rate, we're going to go into a song. When we come back in our third course, we're going to be sampling some soy milk, and we're going to be telling you all about the origins of this drink. Not buckwheat, but soy milk. That's right. Okay. And for a song, we're going to go into a song which is actually. If you listen to the refrain in this song, it's exactly 20 seconds long. It's the perfect amount of time to wash your hands. And this was suggested by Lean E Show. And it is called Walking Towards Me by Ma Nianxian and 9M88. Walk this way! Walk this way! <laughs> I don't think that's the song. But I like in it. translation, it is. Yeah, I like right? it though. It's pretty good, Ellen. Okay. <laughs> 你朝我的方向走来我再也不想低着头低着头 
见你以后，一闭上眼都是好梦。朝我的方向走来，我还是低着头等待。发生我的事，门水库没有关，而且撑得很开。该怎么把它拉起来？一手拿着礼物，一手撑着伞。所以我转身低着头，低着头。你朝我的方向走来，我的心思不想让你来猜。空气中。那时候才能给我你充满爱的大平台。我们不只有对着头，对着头。哦，这就是奇迹，扫兴 ，magical， magical、哦。不要想的太多，遇见你以后，一闭上眼都是好梦。敢不敢跟我？Soy milk test. That's right. We're gonna be sampling some soy milk here. I tried to go buy some nice soy milk for you, Ellen Chu. You know,、uh, maybe like three years ago, two years ago, I actually made soy milk every morning for my kids. You made it? Can you tell me how you make it, Ellen Chu? You soak the beans、mm -hmm. overnight. Soy beans, yeah. Soy beans, and then.、Uh, You kind of like grind it, okay? You grind it. You grind all the the beans, okay? So there's like a grinder. It extracts all the juice out. So it's a special grinder just for soybeans, right? Okay. It's kind of like a slow grinder, okay? And then what do you do, Alan Chu? And then you drink it. <laughs> you just drink it. Do you don't、right. add water or anything? No.、Uh, If you want to sweeten it, then you add some sugar. Oh, how long do you have to soak the beans for? Twenty-four hours. Twenty-four hours.、Uh -huh. Okay. Do you boil it? You don't boil it or anything. I think we boil it with、uh, bing tang a little bit. Oh, then, with sugar, yeah. Right, and then you put it in the refrigerator. Oh,、mm -hmm. this is actually not bad, Alan Chu. It tastes very soybeany. Very soybeany. Okay.、It、tastes very、uh, uh, earthy. Yes. Yeah. Very earthy. It says. And、um, it's like no sugar. Uh, Sugarless, sugar-free, Alan Chu. Sugar-free. Is it too,、uh, like, not sugary enough for you? It's okay. It's okay. You like sugar in yours, yeah. I love sugar. If it's like ice cold, I love it with sugar. Oh. Yes. So what does this say? This is a grandma made this. Her homemade.、Uh, it's got the spirit of grandma's homemade soybean milk. The thickness, you know, I like the thickness of this one. Okay, it is nice. So, is did you、thick. get it from a grocery store? I got this from a like an organic food store, a specialty 20 store. Twenty year, okay, and this is the Japanese style tofu.、It's、so, a, this is the Japanese style tofu. 
Okay. Japanese-style tofu, but it's actually soy milk. It's soy milk, okay. What I didn't realize this, Ellen Chu, is that uh, actually this is a natural byproduct of making tofu. When is you it? make tofu, actually soy milk will come out of it. Oh. I, that's what I read. I'm telling you, Mayon. That's because it's the same process. They have to grind the... Grind the... Um, Soybeans? The soybeans. Yeah. Okay. To make the tofu. Right. So, um, this is a great substitute for people who don't drink dairy milk. You know, people who are vegan or lactose intolerant. I think I should be drinking this. Because you're lactose intolerant, yes, right? Yes, because this morning, somebody, you know, I usually order like, you know, mocha, right? The chocolate milk coffee. Uh-huh. Low fat. But this morning, they made it wrong. They gave me a latte. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I just no. jump out of my seat after one sip. Ellen Chu. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, this is a latte. I can't have this much milk, she screams. And my friends are like, how can you tell? I said, hello, <laughs> mocha and latte, you can't tell? Well, mocha has chocolate in it. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, where were um, where, where was the first soy milk made? Well, soybeans, of course, originated in northeastern China. They were domesticated mm-hmm. around the 11th century BC. Mm-hmm. They made soy gruel which is like some kind of porridge mm. in the 3rd century BC. That's when it was first noted. Okay. Soy wine in the 4th century. Have you ever tried soy wine? No. Hmm. It sounds kind of gross. Yes. Doujiang bean broth or soil milk around 1365. <laughs> you keep saying soil milk. Soy milk. <laughs> soy milk. 1365. That's when the first soy milk appeared. Wow, that's a long time ago. It is. How did they know? I don't know. They must have uh, historical records of it. Okay. It became popular in the Qing Dynasty. Okay. So it's like, what is that, 1600s? Uh-huh. Uh, and then they discovered that if you gently heat it for at least 90 minutes, it decreases digestive pain and flatulence. Okay. That's good. We don't like those things. Yes. Basically, if you drink too much of the soil bean milk, mm. it gives you gas. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. We don't want that in the studio. No. 1700 street vendors were selling it. Uh-huh. And then 1800s, people would bring a cup of to- cup to tofu shops to get doujiang for breakfast. Mm. It was often paired with you tiao, the crispy oil sticks. Right. So have you tried the uh, the salty ones? Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan. Really? I like it. There's lots of stuff floating in it. It has like, you know, <laughs> onions and then... Pork floss. And, pork floss. <laughs> and then it becomes chunky. <laughs> I like it. It like curdles, Ellen. Right. It's kind of, you know, more fulfilling in the morning. <laughs> to be honest, whenever I go to the, one of those breakfast shops, I always order mi jiang, which is a oh, rice Oh, I love milk. that too. It's like a horchata, but right. it's peanut flavored. Peanut flavor, huh? <laughs> Yummy, Yummy to the mummy. So you can't call me a soy boy. I call you a soy man <laughs> a soy man well you call me a mi jiang man mi jiang man <laughs> so that at mi jiang we would call it rice porridge i guess so okay you call it horchata right that's what the mexicans horchata. drink yeah, latin horchata america boy. horchata horchata frittata mm-hmm. so real men drink soy and they wash their hands and they cry mm-hmm. although not today okay. <laughs> all right what are our addresses ellen chu Give your address. It's P.O. Boss 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Email at 
us at A-N-D-R-O-O at R-T-I dot O-R-G dot T-W. Next Saturday on The Feast, we're going to have a real live master chef with us in the studio. A manly man. A manly man in the kitchen. Okay. Stephen Leo is a guy who's worked with Gordon Ramsay. He's been a, a brand ambassador for top global names. And he has a, you know, top, like, China chef. Yeah, he was top China chef. He was and also Master Chef China judge and host. So he is the guy, the chef, well, you know, in our studio that would be cooking. That's right. I'm so excited to see what he's going to make. He's going to make something deceptively simple with local ingredients. Oh, wow. Something you and I can do, Ellen Chu. All right. And be the real man. Yes, I try. <laughs> All right. This last uh, song is suggested by Taiwan Jason. The refrain of this song is exactly 20 seconds. It's called Xi Shua Shua. Ooh, which I like this one. She sha sha she sha sha. And it sounds like you're washing, right? Yeah. And this is by Huar. I like this beat. It okay. Is good. An old song, but a goodie. Mm. For Peace News House, I'm Andrew Ryan. And this is Ellen Chu. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. 
Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.